Well, good evening, church. It's great to see you tonight in the house of the Lord. Thanks for being here. Those of you that are watching online, we welcome you. Come on, let's just praise and worship our God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the cross tonight. God, we thank you for the price that you paid. We set our hearts upon you, Lord. Nothing compares to what you've done. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I would never be alone. We sing, there was another in the fire. Come on, standing next to me, there was another in the waters, holding back the seas. Should I ever need been set free. There is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the fire. Oh, I love this here. Let's sing. All my dead left the dead beneath the waters I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore and Should I fall in the space between What remains of me and this reckoning Either way I won't bow to the things of this world Should I ever need reminding what power set me free? There is a grave that holds nobody, and now that power lives in me. There is another in the fire. Whoa. There is another in the fire. Whoa. Come on, the truth. There is another. Sing his name. 
There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning. Sing, I know I will never be alone. Oh, do you know tonight? Come on. Sing, I know I will never be alone. There'll be another in the fire. Come on, church. There'll be another in the waters. Holding back the seas. But should I I know that's where you'll be. I cut the track of every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. I'll cut the track of every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. Right there in the middle of it all. I know that's where you'll be. Cause you never leave us won't forsake us you pour our sins upon you Lord for the joy set before you he triumphed over the cross scorning its shame And at the name of Jesus, all who call upon his name, salvation is yours, freedom is yours, healing is yours, breakthrough is yours, all because of Jesus, because of the cross. you Jesus there'll be another in the fire standing next to me there'll be another in the waters holding back the seas and should I ever need a reminding how good you've been to me I'll count the joy come every battle 
Cause I know that's where you'll be. Oh, come on, can we praise? Yeah. 
Sing by his 
that he gave his own whosoever whosoever believes they shall have eternal thank you Lord we worship you Jesus we thank you for the cross thank you for your love beyond all comprehension And say, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. You know, I want you singing along with us. And say, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Be tonight hallelujah we love you because you first loved us maybe see the church hey good evening everyone this is totally not in the notes but as we sang that song I was texting like crazy we have an incredible tech crew back there and I said can you do me a favor and can you leave that image up there why we're here that's why we're here you know I think it's natural to look away from things that can really hit hit or grab your heart or your emotions and stir you in the wrong way but I think sometimes we need to just take a moment and remember just exactly what Jesus Christ did he hung on that cross. He chose to hang on that cross. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to thank you for making the journey out here in uh, the new spring-winter weather we're having. Aren't you just glad that winter's back? No, not at all. But it is. But it's going to go away. So 
Uh, make sure you're back here Easter because it's going to be uh, sunny and 70 and Pastor Scott has got an incredible word he's bringing. Yeah. And uh, I love that Pastor Scott is, is using illustrations. Won't say what they are, but maybe you saw that when you came in. So um, make sure you come for that at, at 9 and 11.30 because, you know, last year, the church was open at this time, but the doors were closed, weren't they? Well, guess what? The church is open, and so are the doors. Church is open, and so are the doors. So I hope you can join us here in person. I'm so thankful that we have an incredible team again that, that do such a great job online. We have some of our pastors online who are, are ready to chat with you, and so all you gotta do is put it in the chat I feel like I need to make a t-shirt that says, put it in the chat as a pastor, because every pastor in America has been saying that the last year. Put it in the chat. But uh, if you have anything, if you have a prayer request, uh, something prompts you in the service that's said, put it in the chat. Uh, there's pastors on there right now live. We'd just love to communicate with you. We love you. We thank you for joining in. But uh, let's get started on this Good Friday. You guys ready? You know, Good Friday is, is kind of a heavy day. And as I was preparing this sermon last week, I don't know why this has never occurred to me or I've never thought this before, but I thought, why do we call it Good Friday? Because that doesn't look good to me. Crucifixion. Death on a cross, the week leading up to that, the beating, the mocking, the scourging. And now here we are Friday, and it, it's Good Friday. Why do we call it good? Because in order to come back here Sunday, in order to experience the resurrection, sometimes you got to go through the bad to get to the good. And that's what Jesus did. And so it made me wonder, have, have you ever had to go any, through anything bad in your life only then to experience the good going through it? I'll explain because that didn't come out very fluent. And so here are some, some things that I thought of. Have you ever had surgery? Unfortunately, I've had plenty, too many. But I knew with, with every surgery, if I wanted to get better, I had to go through the process of the cutting and the surgery. I had to go through the bad in order to experience the healing or the good. Or, or what about childbirth? Two wonderful kids, I have four children, two stepchildren, two biological children, I love my kids. It made me extremely happy that I was a man when I was there, when my wife was giving birth to my children. I was thanking God. But the reality was there was some bad with the childbirth. There is pain involved in childbirth, but the end result is, is your beautiful baby. So you, you have to go through the bad to get to the good. And then, and then I thought about this one because I, 
I, I have kids who are now teenagers, and, and those awkward years of adolescence, we all should resonate with that. We all went through those awkward years, right? You just, what's happening to me and all those feelings and emotions? Well, you have to go through that before you can become a young man or young woman. So you have to get through the bad to get to the good. And, and then the last one I thought of is, what about your faith? Because I don't know about you, but my faith journey has not always been good or easy. There's been some incredibly dark, difficult moments. There have been some moments where I've been in the valley and I have felt alone. I may have felt alone, but I, I knew I wasn't alone because I knew there was someone in the fire with me that we just, we just sang about. So in order to get through that valley back to the mountaintop, I had to keep going and press through. And so I want to pray for you tonight that if you are in that bad place, you are in that dark place, you are in that valley, that you can keep pushing through knowing that you are not alone, that there is another one in the fire, and his name is Jesus Christ. But he had to get on the cross first. Jesus got on the cross so you and I didn't have to. We are called to carry our cross, and Jesus tells us that in Matthew, that, that we, we are going to carry a cross, but I want you to hear me right now. You are not to be on the cross. Some people feel the need to put themselves on the cross. No, no, no. There was only one meant for the cross, and his name was Jesus Christ, when he bore the sins of the world through these. Jesus got on the cross so we didn't have to. And so the question is, what is real love? What is real love? And as I love to do when I write a sermon, I love talking to people and asking them the question, well, what do you think real love is? And so I had to do this one kind of tricky. I had to say it really quick and be like, listen, don't think about it. I want you to just first thing that comes to your mind, and don't you dare give me the churchy answers. Don't say Jesus. Don't say, give me the first thing of, of what you think of when I say, what is love? Now, I know they did this because one of the answers was chocolate. <laughs> you know what? I couldn't disagree with it. I couldn't disagree with it. There's nothing like a good Hershey's Milky Bar. Now, if you're Pastor Scott, you love that dark chocolate, but I'm just not, I'm not mature enough to be into that dark chocolate yet. I'm, I'm still milk chocolate guy. I can't do the dark stuff. So, so I knew they were telling me good answers here. And one of the reoccurring answers that happened was the word sacrifice. Sacrifice. A lot of people wrote sacrifice. Now, as I went through all the answers and then I I thought about how we as a culture, as a society, use the word love, even in church. It really came down to three categories for me. We have the, the love of others, the love of people, right? We love people, we love our family, we love our coworkers, we love our neighbors, we love our in-laws, kind of, most of the time, you know. And then we have love of self. That can be kind of a prideful thing, but, but we know that people love themselves because how many times have we... Uh-oh, he's, he's going into social media thing. I better step off of that. Better take it easy there. And then we have love of things. Oh, man, here in America, we love our things, don't we? Come on. 
Oh, here it gets quiet again. We love our stuff. We love our stuff so much that we have these amazing things all around the country, surrounded by a fence. Because we have so much stuff, we don't know what to do with it. We love it so much, we pay somebody else to put it in a container and close the door and lock it. We love our stuff, don't we? Well, in the Bible, in Greek, which the New Testament was written mainly in Greek, the word love is, is much broader than the way we use it as Americans, because we can love our wife the same way we love pizza and potato chips and football, and we just love everything in America. Well, the Bible was not written in English, it was written in Greek, and so in the Bible, there's three main words used for love. There's some other ones, but the three main ones are eros, that's a romantic love that you, you have for your spouse. You have phileo, which is an affectionate brotherly love. The word Philadelphia comes from this word. And then you have agape. And it's interesting, agape has the longest definition of what it means because it's, it's, this, it's just so rich in meaning. Agape means it lacks self-interest. It lacks self-gratification and self-perseverance. It's completely different than the first two. Agape love is motivated primarily by the interest and welfare of others. It has nothing, I gain nothing from this. It is all about you and nothing about me. That is agape love. It means that we act in a loving way towards others. It means we use our mind and our might for the benefit of others without regard for ourselves. It is not based upon your feelings. This is a deep, deep, selfless, sincere love, agape. And that is the love that Christ has for you and me. So what is real? I'm gonna add a word to this. What is real biblical love? I think uh, the word that I came up with sacrifice that's love because I'll tell you I'm not getting on a cross for anybody I'm just being real yeah I'm a pastor but I ain't getting on a cross for anybody I have a hard enough time carrying my own there's no way I could ever get him one but Jesus did that's sacrifice and that is love so I have three quick points and then we're going to get into to communion. So point number one, biblical love is sacrificial. Biblical love is sacrificial. Foundational uh, verse of our faith, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave, he gave. His only son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, I know you've probably heard that a lot. But let's just, for a moment, really take that in. God gave you his most precious thing, his son. He gave him, not just gave him, he gave him as a sacrifice, the one and only sacrifice for you 
and me. And here's what's really mind-blowing to me. This, this verse just shakes me when I think of it. Especially when I do something that hurts our Lord and Savior. Romans 5.8 tells us that while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. What? That, like, that's just so hard to comprehend. That is agape love right there. While we were still in our sin, in our stench, in our filth, Christ still died for us. That is sacrifice. Now, I don't believe, I don't believe we're born or wired from God to be givers. Now, let me just say, I know there's some generous people. I know some givers. I know they have the gift of giving. I know that. But, but I think giving is, is learned. I don't think we're, we're wired that way. And I say that because, because I raised some kids. And right about at two, they learned a word. Mine, mine. You ever see, right? Finding Nemo. Go watch it tonight. Mine, mine, mine. I'm like, where did this come from, honey? Why, why, why did it mine? They fight about everything. Because we are born with that inner gimme. Gimme, it's mine. I deserve it. I should have that. Not Jesus. That's not agape love. Here's what Jesus, as you read through the four gospels, listen to how Jesus sacrificed. Listen to how Jesus gave. Read through all the Gospels. This is what Jesus spent his time doing. Healing, serving, saving, praying, giving, feeding, even disciplining people. Jesus was never about Jesus. Jesus was about others and Jesus was about his father's business. Jesus was never about Jesus. Agape love. Why is it good? Because sometimes you've got to go through the bad to get to the good. Second point, biblical love invites obedience. Biblical love invites obedience. You know, hopefully you've been following along in the book of John and, and you've been following along this Passion Week and following the story of what's happening and, and hopefully you got to chapter 17. Chapter 17 to me is like, is like a new starting point for Jesus. This is about what he's about to leave his disciples and go to the garden and seek his father's will. And in chapter 17, we find the longest prayer in the gospels of Jesus Christ because he knows, he knows what the end is. He knows that the cross is waiting for him. And so you read this long, beautiful prayer in chapter 17, and it's really Jesus being obedient to his father. Being obedient and doing the right thing can be very hard. It can be so hard to the point of death, but, but, it, but by prayer, all things are possible. And that's what we find Jesus doing, he, on his face, praying to his Father. And so from after that prayer, he goes right to the garden with his disciples. He asks them, will you just, just pray for me? That's all I need you to do. Just pray for me. And we find Jesus in this, in this situation that's it's really kind of hard to take. I mean, he's Jesus, right? He's, he's like Superman, like, like Iron Man, like, like how can you be on your face sweating drops of blood? Jesus, come on. 
because he's still in a human body. He's still in a human body. And and we find Luke recording in in chapter 22 of the book of Luke, uh, verses 43 and 44. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, Jesus, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I stand here being somewhat ashamed to say that I can find it hard to just pray for my neighbors. I can find it hard to pray for those who've wronged me. I can find it really hard to pray sometimes when I don't get my way or I don't understand where this is going. I I can find it hard to just find time to pray. And here we have Jesus to the point where he's in agony, sweating drops of blood. I can't even pray for my neighbor. God, help me. God, help us. Help us. But what an incredible picture of obedience. You see, Jesus knows the whole time. You have to remember this as you read these stories. Jesus knows where he's going to end up. Not just on the cross, but with his Father in heaven. But it's, it's got to go through the cross. It's got to go through the cross. Third one, biblical love implies action. Because I believe that love is a verb. That love is action. That love in action is a powerful thing. You can tell me or tell someone you love them all day long, but if your actions don't match up, what does it really mean? What does it really mean? Love is action. Agape love is action. Love in motion. Jesus is put through a completely 100% completely unjust and unlawful trial. He is put through severe beatings and scourgings to the point that he's unrecognizable. That his beard is pulled out. He is spit upon. He is beaten senseless. All the while, never trying to defend himself. Because catch this. It's a good one to write down and maybe remember. Because his love for you and his love for me is greater than the pain he is feeling. Let me say that again because that's pretty heavy. His love, Jesus' love for you and me is greater than the pain he is feeling. I'm going to say it again because it's really important. It's a great reminder. Jesus got on the cross so you and I do not have to. And what's really amazing, I mean, just I keep saying that, but there's just so many incredible things about this, is even while he's on the cross, a pain we can't even imagine, a physical and emotional pain we can't imagine because his father's about to turn his back on him. What does he do? What does he do? Luke 23, verse 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What? 
that is the last thing on my mind. I'm just being real. I'm saying, I'm calling the legion of angels down. Father, forgive. And you know what? This popped out to me when I was writing this. Who's them? Because we can read this and we can think, well, is he talking to the soldiers? Is he, is he talking about a, a pilot? Who, who's them? You know who I think them is? You and me. Them were the enemies of Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're an enemy of Jesus. And I'd like to think I'm better than this, and I'd like to think I wouldn't be the one in the crowd yelling crucify him, but I'm pretty sure I would have been one of the ones yelling crucify him. And so he would have been talking to me. Father, forgive them. Because only a few days late, before that, they were laying palms down. Where Hosanna? Now they got him on a cross screaming crucify him. What does Jesus do? He shows agape love. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Then we have the two criminals that are hanging to the left and the right who belong there. They admit they belong there. What does Jesus do? Luke 23, 39 to 43. And one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? And somehow I think it was pretty loud because he was in pain and he was desperate and he wants to get off the cross. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other one rebuked him. Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? These guys are having an arguing match. And Jesus is in the middle. Think about that the next time you argue with your spouse. Just saying. It goes on to say, and we indeed justly for what we are receiving, the due reward of our deeds. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. How does he know that? You have a thief on a cross who says, I'm a bad man and I belong here, but not him. That's pretty wild. And what does Jesus do? The criminal says, and can you, I just picture this moment in my head. Jesus is just, he's, he's ready to die. And this criminal looking at him, and I just, if Jesus could even see through his swollen eyes, looking at the criminal. And saying, truly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. What does Jesus do to the very end? Is that not sacrifice? Is that not obedience? Is that not love in action? So what is real biblical love? All of those things. All of those things. I'm going to close with this. And then we're going to get into communion. We're going to sing a song. And what better day than Good Friday to really put ourselves in remembrance of what Jesus did. Jesus started Passion Week to the shouts and the sounds of Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. And he ended up seated in heaven next to his father. But in between that, the cross. The cross bridges that gap. 
You see, Jesus couldn't go around the cross. He couldn't go under the cross. He couldn't go over the cross. Jesus knew that he had to get on the cross. It was the only way to bridge that relationship, that broken relationship between God and us. There was no other way than that. Why is it good? Because sometimes you have to get through the bad to get to the good. I want to encourage you that if you're in the bad right now, online, at home, you may be sitting there alone, devastated, wondering what tomorrow's going to bring, wondering what happened today, wondering where you are, where's your future. You're in the bad right now. I want to encourage you to hang tightly to Jesus, cling to Jesus tonight, because he has better waiting. I believe that with all my heart. It doesn't matter. The Bible tells me while we were still sinning that Christ died for us. Don't you ever tell me that there's something you did to separate you from God. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ that he has for us. Nothing. Nothing. And the thing, the moment, the action that bridges that gap is right there. And so tonight, we remember that. We remember that great sacrifice that Jesus did for you and me, for everybody, for everybody. We remember that. And I just want to make, because I'd be remiss if, if, if it didn't do this, if there's someone online and you've never received Jesus Christ, it is simple as click. Click here, it says. There's a number you can text. We've tried to come up with every easy avenue for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm gonna ask now, if you would just close your eyes and bow your head just for a few moments, that if there's someone sitting in here and you came in here tonight, you're like, I don't even know why I came. I'm not, doesn't matter. Jesus knows why you came. So you could have an encounter with him. And so tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, tonight, Good Friday 2021, can be your day one of your walk of faith with Jesus. The Bible tells me that all you have to do is believe by faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, died on the cross for your sins, rose again and sits at the right hand of God and give you new life. So if that's you, I just want you to put your hand up on the count of three. You're not listening to me or my voice. You are listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit right now. One. Two. Three. Is there anybody here? God, I pray right now that as you take us into remembrance of what you've done, that moment that you sat with your disciples, loving them, encouraging them, leading them, directing them, warning them, help us to remember tonight the greatest ultimate sacrifice you made 
for all of us. God, draw us in close. God, draw that person in right now that feels a million miles away. God, wrap your arms around them. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your embrace. Let them feel your forgiveness. Your forgiveness. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And we remember that sacrifice in Jesus' name. prepare our hearts and worship him right now before we come to his table we reflect we remember I take the bread of life broken for all my sin your body crucified to make me whole again I will recall the cup poured out in sacrifice to trade the sinners in for your new covenant Sing, you've been so, so good to me. 
his heights reach from the depths as far as east is from the west. You've carried me until I see you face to face. Until at last I'm on my race. Remind me you're not finished yet. Hallelujah. 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 I'll live in Eric, thank you for a great word tonight. Amazing reminders of why we gather. You know, there's, there are a lot of reasons why we might gather on a Good Friday. Obviously, we come to worship. We come to open the word. Those are the two staples of why we gather anytime in this room. We, we worship God and we open the word and, and hear from God. But this night is, is so unique and so special. And one of the, the uh, to me, it, it always has been the primary purpose of Good Friday is what we just sang, to remember. Amen, church. We're here to remember what Jesus has done for us. And, and remembrance, remembrance can provoke a couple of different things in our lives. It provokes emotion. And our lives are filled with memories and memories carry emotion. But when we remember what Jesus has done for us, to me the, the predominant emotion that I think we most often feel is intense gratitude. And my prayer for us in this room and my prayer for you online tonight is that as we remember, as we receive, you know, we're going to in just a few moments we'll receive the cup and the bread. My prayer is that as we remember that this would provoke intense gratitude in our lives. Gratitude for all that Christ has done for us, for what he endured. Like Eric talked about, he, he got on the cross, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And ultimately the Bible says, sat down at the right hand of the Father. Now I want to turn into, very briefly, look at the words that Peter wrote. You know, as Eric said, we, we sometimes endure difficult seasons of life. Sometimes we go through the bad to get to the good. And I'm going to read to us tonight, with us, the words that the Apostle Peter wrote, writing to a persecuted church. He wrote to a group of believers in the first century who were enduring some very difficult circumstances, intense persecution. And I just, I want to, as we've already heard the word proclaimed and preached, I want these words just to kind of saturate your soul. Listen to what Peter said to these believers in a persecuted setting. That's what he wrote. He said, to God's elect strangers in the world. Every one of us at times can and should feel like strangers in this world. 
scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Friend, every one of us, if we have bowed our knee to Jesus, we have been called by God to obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives this great greeting, grace and peace to you be yours in abundance. Then he writes on, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Intense gratitude, friends. Jesus has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, Good Friday is the night where we remember the price that was paid, but we can't possibly experience this story like the first disciples did because they didn't know the end of the story. We are looking back from 2,000 years of history. We know what Sunday brings, but they didn't. The grief, the, 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 the heartache that must have been felt on that Saturday, those hours were painful. They had no idea that this stone would have been rolled away on Sunday morning. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen to verse 4. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Jesus said, there is an inheritance kept for you and I in heaven. As Eric said, when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's an inheritance kept for you and I in heaven, one that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And in just a moment, we're going to receive communion together. If you, if you don't have this cup walking in tonight, you should have received this on the way in. If you don't have it, maybe you could just sneak out to the atrium and grab one, or we have some guest services teams. Some of our, our staff are ready to um, serve you. If you don't have one of these, just slip your hand up, and we'll make sure that we get one for you. For those of you joining us at home, online, you know, make sure that you get a piece of uh, bread and just a cup of juice. You don't need anything fancy, nothing special. The, the, the uniqueness isn't in, in the elements that we hold. It's in what we remember that Jesus did for us on the cross. The power isn't in this cup. It's in the remembering of what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. So make sure at home you're ready to receive with us in just a moment. This is a very special moment. Jesus said that we remember but we also proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're, we're not a, a sorry bunch of believers that are just mourning what has happened. We are a victorious bunch of believers knowing what is yet to come. Amen, church? We know what is yet to come. I'm going to read still in, in the book of 1 Peter and what Peter wrote to a suffering church. We remember tonight what Jesus suffered for us. And many, 
believers suffer. We suffer persecution, we suffer heartache, we suffer broken relationships. We live in a broken world. Many are suffering in their body tonight and I'm gonna challenge you tonight. One of, the, one of the most important things that we can remember about the cross of Christ is that it is a great exchange. When we look at the cross, when we see that cross behind me, we remember that we can give to Jesus whatever it is that we carry, whatever burdens, whatever heartaches, whatever pains, whatever sickness, whatever disease that we carry. We can give it to Jesus on that cross and remember that he paid a price so that we would be whole, that we would be healed, not just spiritually, but physically, emotionally, psychologically. And as we remember tonight the price that Jesus paid, I want you to think about what is it that you carry? What burden are you carrying right now in your body? and in your life that you'd like to give to Jesus. And think, think on that as you focus on Jesus Christ, as we read through these passages that, that empower us to remember what Jesus did. I want you to think about what is it, church, that you want to give to Jesus tonight in exchange for his healing, his wholeness, his forgiveness. Be saturated in what Jesus did for you tonight. And trade those sorrows, those griefs, those pains, those sicknesses. Trade them to Jesus and receive in return his healing. Peter wrote this and further on in the letter he writes to believers who are suffering. He said in verse 19 of chapter 2, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for, not, for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. And then he goes on to talk of Jesus and what Jesus did. He said, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you. Leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And then Peter quotes from Isaiah. He said this in verse 22. He, being Jesus, committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Again, writing about Jesus, Peter said this, He himself bore our sins in his body on that tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. For by his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds you have been healed. And church, I want to encourage you to do something tonight that might feel odd, unusual, might feel hokey to some of you, but I want to, let me remind you that in the church of Jesus Christ, we believe some incredible things, right? We believe some crazy stuff in the church. We believe that the God of the universe, the God who stretched out the heavens, who measured the universe with the span of his hand, we believe that he took on the form of a man. 
that God became flesh and made his dwelling among us, ultimately to stretch out his arms and to hang on a cross as a payment for our sin. If you can embrace that, church, then you can believe that tonight it's fair game to exchange your sicknesses, your diseases, your suffering, and hand it over to Jesus, and in exchange receive healing in your body. And as we receive, as we take the bread tonight, go ahead and open the top layer of that, that cup you have and, and find the wafer inside. Again, if you're joining us at home, grab a piece of bread and share with us. It's not important what you're taking in your body. It's important what you're receiving in your spirit, what you're receiving in your soul. And I'm going to read the, the words of the Apostle Paul tonight that he wrote in in a letter to the Corinthians. And I want you to think about what it is in your body that you're carrying right now. Very specifically, I want you to think about something physical in your body. You might have pain, pain in your back. You might, have, you might have suffered from headaches. You might be battling cancer right now. Maybe you're fighting through COVID and you're at home tonight. I want you to think very specifically about what exactly do you want to give to Jesus? Say, Jesus, I am tired of carrying this burden. Tonight, on this Good Friday, I turn it over to you, Jesus. And I receive the promise of your word that says, by your wounds, I have been healed. Jesus already paid a price for you to be healed. I want you to think on that tonight. Remember that Jesus paid a price that you could be healed. That's what Paul said. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I want you to pray with me. And as we pray, before we re receive this bread, I want you to pray and tell Jesus what you're giving to him in your body in exchange for his touch tonight. I believe that God wants to heal somebody in this room. I believe that God can heal somebody listening at home tonight. We serve a supernatural God, church, amen? God is ready and available to dispense his power into your body tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive this, this bread. Knowing, God, that Jesus paid a price. Isaiah wrote 2,600 years ago. He said of Jesus that by his wounds we would be healed. And Peter wrote about it 2,000 years ago. And he said by his wounds we have been healed. So, Father, right now, in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, we receive from you healing in our bodies. The cross is the great exchange. Church, whatever you're carrying, give it to him right now. Whatever burden, whatever malady, whatever sickness, whatever disease you are fighting in your body, give it to Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, I give it to you. And in exchange, 
as I receive this bread, I receive healing in my body. In Jesus' name I pray. Church, let's receive the bread together tonight. Jesus, we thank you that you suffered in your body. You suffered in your body that we might be whole and that we might be healed. And Father, right now I believe that you're moving in this place. Maybe somebody listening online tonight. And God, that you're going to surprise somebody. They're going to stand up out of their chair tonight. And they're going to realize that, that the pain is gone. That the aches are gone, that the sickness is gone, that the disease is gone. Because they've exchanged it, they've given it to you, Lord Jesus. You've called us to be a people of faith, a supernatural people. Peter said, we're the elect of God. And we believe for supernatural things in this room tonight. We are people of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is moving all over this room right now to dispense healing in our bodies. We give it to you, Lord Jesus, tonight, knowing that by your wounds we have been healed. In Jesus' name. And Paul writes on, go ahead, church, and grab your cup. Joining us online, grab your cup tonight. Paul wrote this in, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25. He said, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Church, you know, there, we can have intense gratitude over the, the broken body of Jesus that the Word of God says, by His wounds we are healed. But there's something even more amazing than the fact that Jesus provides healing in the atonement. And it's that He provides forgiveness for our sins. Jesus said to His disciples, they rejoiced that the demons submitted to them. And Jesus reminded them that Something even greater than the fact that demons and spirits submit to my name is that the, 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 the fact that your names are written in heaven. Because Jesus shed his blood on that cross 2,000 years ago. He forgave us all of our sins and opened the way to heaven. I believe with all my heart that Jesus made it possible for us to be healed in this lifetime. But friend, we also look forward to the day that there will be no more tears, no more crying, no more pain, no more sickness. Because someday we're going to eat the bread and drink the cup with Jesus Christ in heaven. And that's what Paul said. He said, for you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And as we receive this cup tonight together, as the elect of God, as the people of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ... I want you to remember two things. One, Jesus forgives it all. Every horrible, regrettable decision that you and I have made, past, present, and future, 
was included on the cross of Christ 2,000 years ago. He forgave it for you and for me. But also remember that we will one day eat this bread and drink the cup in heaven with Jesus Christ in, the, in our glorified bodies. Church, let's receive this cup together tonight and remember all that Jesus has done. Jesus, we remember all that you've done for us. We remember tonight that you suffered on that cross. You suffered in your body and you shed your blood that we might be forgiven, that we might be made new in our spirit man, in our, the attitude of our minds, that we might be born again, new creations to live unto you to be all that we can be for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus, that we're made new in our lives. Church, let's stand tonight. Let's worship him. Let's thank Jesus. Let's lift our voices in this place. Lift your voice at home tonight. And remember what Jesus did. Celebrate what God has done for us in our bodies. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Oh, that you made a way for us to be with you. Forever in your presence, we are made whole. Oh, we are complete in you. Oh, come on, can we sing about his goodness tonight? He's been so good. So you've been so, so good to me. Come on. Oh, you've been so, so good to me. I don't even want to think, Lord, oh, to think where I would be. If not for you, if not for you, you've been so, so good to me. Oh, you've been so. Beautiful about this night. It, you know, it's it's a it's 
It's a hard night, as Eric said. It's, a, it's an unusual night. There's a mix of emotions that we feel, but if not for Jesus, where would we be? Amen, church? Amen. We're so glad that you're here tonight. What a beautiful time to, to celebrate all that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, I, it, as Eric said, it would be remiss to, to not think about a couple of things and you know, we, we, we remember tonight in intense gratitude, but we remember that in, in a couple of days we're going to celebrate the resurrection. Amen, church. That's the greatest thing of all is that Jesus left that tomb. And while Good Friday is a night to remember the, the pain and the agony, we don't walk out with our heads down because we know the end of the story. And in just a couple of short days, Jesus walked out of that tomb. And we're excited to see you here on Sunday morning. We're excited to see you online. But man, we got room here. I want you to join us in person on Sunday. If you're able to, 9 and 11.30, come back and join us in person. It's going to be a powerful Sunday morning to gather together and to celebrate the resurrection in person. On your way out tonight, and if you're going to join us for the, the series that we're going to start after Easter Sunday on April 11th, we're going to start a a series called The Red Letter Challenge, where we're going to read the words of Jesus. We've got a book for you. It's a daily devotional. If you want to pick one up on the way out, if you haven't already, grab that. When you leave today, there's some tables out there. Our, our team would help you grab one. If you already have one, then just walk by. But if you don't have this yet, and you plan to join us in reading the red letters of Christ daily, man, make sure you don't leave without one of these books tonight. After we pray, we're going to dismiss our service. We'll allow those in the stadium seating to kind of make their way out on their own. And then after they've dismissed themselves and on the floor, if you've been seated on the floor, we welcome you to dismiss yourselves once they've uh, found their way out. But thank you again, church, for celebrating the cross and our Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Let's pray as we dismiss. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for all that you have done for us. We want to walk out of this place not defeated but victorious in you. Jesus, in your body you carried and bore our sicknesses that we might walk victorious in you. And you shed your blood as a payment for our sin that we might walk out of this place forgiven and set free. Jesus, we honor you tonight in this place and we thank you for all that you have done that we walk in newness of life we love you lord jesus we bless your name and we thank you for all that you have done now bless your people tonight as we remember as we walk out of here in gratitude and celebration bless your people tonight with healing and wholeness in jesus name we pray and all god's people said Amen and amen and amen. God bless you, church. We love you. We will see you on Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. Have a great night. And you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down, no.
let me down and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down Well, God bless you, church. We hope to see you Sunday. You're the God who fights for me, Lord. I'm